Merry Christmas and welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We spent this Christmas season in a series called He Shall Be Called, where we're looking at the names of Jesus found in the book of Isaiah and what the promise of Jesus' arrival means for us. So far, we've examined what it means for Jesus to be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, and our everlasting Father. Today is the conclusion to our series, and Pastor Nicole will be joined by Pastor Don Fisher to see what it means for Jesus to be the Prince of Peace. We may not always associate this time of year with things being peaceful, but the Prince of Peace enters into the unexpected where we can give our anxieties, worries, and concerns over to the Lord. So let's conclude our Christmas series. I want to begin with scripture that we've been following every Sunday. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We live in a world today that is filled with complexities, fear, distress, apprehension of things to come. We live in a world that is filled with war and filled with violence. And peace is probably the most valued commodity in our world today. Everybody's looking for it. But similar to the old song many, many years ago, looking for love in all the wrong places, We have difficulty today because we're looking for peace in all the wrong places. We're looking for man to give us peace. We're looking for the government to give us peace. We're looking for someone else to give us peace. And hopefully when I share this with you today, you'll catch this whole thing that it's a promise. Peace is a promise that God has given to you and I. And I'm guessing that there are those sitting in front of me today who sometime this week you have struggled with stress, anxiety, uh, things have just not went right. And so here we are today on Christmas Eve. And how do we correlate a baby with a Prince of Peace? How How do we bring that together? This infant that we are celebrating, this baby called Jesus, And yet, there is a Prince of Peace that we can call on. See, most of the time when we talk about peace, we fast forward to when Jesus comes back and he sets up his government, and Isaiah tells us that, that he will set up his government and he will establish peace, and there will be peace in all of the world. No questions asked. So today, I have good news for you, and I have better than good news. The good news is, yes, there will be a day when Jesus comes back and peace will be established. But the better than good news is we can have that peace today. It's available to us today. So when we believe and we understand that there's an all-powerful God who acts in human history and he's the embodiment of peace, we realize that it's not physical safety or political harmony that's the kind of peace that he's talking about. So I want to drop down, and I want to share with you 
A scripture out of Philippians, this is where I got this idea for today. The Apostle Paul is writing, and he says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, I want to stop there because present your request to God, that's our responsibility. And then he says, and if you present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we think of the gift of salvation, we consider it to be indescribable. We, we just, we can't describe all that God has done. Even when we talk about the nativity story, often we read it in the Gospels, but actually John 3.16 is the nativity story. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So when we look at this gift of salvation, and it's indescribable, the complexity and wisdom of God's plan is inscrutable. That is a large word for to mean you don't understand it. And the love of Christ is something that we will never fully comprehend because human reasoning is incapable of fully comprehending the peace of God. Our finite minds cannot comprehend the infinite peace of God. So when we talk about peace, I want to just break this uh, portion of Scripture down in three segments. So let's look at this. And the peace of God. The Greek word for peace means quietness, rest, and reassurance. See, friends, we were never designed by God to live under stress and anxiety. That was never his plan. And by the way, let me just throw this in. Anxiety is not a condition. It's a choice. Anxiety is not a condition. It's a choice. Well, what do I mean by that? What I mean is this. Why do we spend $100 worth of worry on a $5 problem? You say, yeah, but, but aren't we talking about, yeah, we're talking about God. We're talking about a God who is all-powerful and almighty and all-loving. And what you and I consider to be a $100 problem is really only a 10-cent problem for God. But let's be honest. I have done it. You have done it. And we will catch ourselves probably sometime in the future doing it again. But we've spent so much money and time on worry way far more than what God is able to come into our hearts and our lives and explain to us that God says, I got your back. I can take care of this. The second phrase is, which transcends all understanding. The word transcend means to surpass, exceed, excel beyond our mind, our understanding, or our reason. And then the Apostle Paul says, and he will also guard your hearts and minds. 
And that word guard means that God's peace will do what is necessary to protect our heart and our mind. Now, let me ask you, have you ever experienced a time when you should have been worried, but you weren't? Have you ever had a time in your life when you should have been panicking, but you didn't? Have you ever had that moment when you think and, and, and you're thinking to yourself, right now I should be filled with anxiety, but I'm not. You can't explain it. You can't define it. There's no rhyme or reason because by all standards and the circumstances that you are in, you should be worrying, you should be panicking, and you should be filled with anxiety, but you're not. And I'm not taking time for stories this afternoon, but I remember in my lifetime that there have been times when I've sensed this peace, and I didn't know where it came from. Because what I'm going through, I shouldn't be peaceful. I sensed this calmness, and I couldn't understand it because what I was experiencing, I should have been filled with anxiety. But there was that calm peace. The chorus says, peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father of God. And it's that peace that we're talking about, friends. It's a peace that passes all understanding. But we have to ask for it in prayer and thanksgiving and trusting that God will give us that peace. Because I have news for you. If you and I believe that in our lifetime we're going to experience peace in this world, a world that has existed over 3,400 years and out of that 3,400 years, there has only been 268 years that there hasn't been a war somewhere in our world. And you combine that with everything else that we see on the news and the turmoil and the complexities of this life, if we think that in our lifetime, we're going to experience peace in every area of our life, we're just disillusioned. So what do we do? We know that we serve a God that loves us so much and is so great and all-powerful that he will give us peace that passes all understanding. So you say, well, how do I... How do I frame that? What does that look like for me? Let me share this with you as, as I'm closing out here. When you are sick, God offers the peace of comfort. When you are afraid, God offers the peace of his presence. When you're confused, you don't know what to do, which way to turn. God offers the peace of his wisdom. When you've sinned, God offers the peace that comes from forgiveness. When you're in financial difficulty, 
God offers the peace of his provision. When you're weak, God offers the peace of his strength. And when you're tired, God offers the peace of his rest. When you're rejected and you feel rejected, God offers the peace of his love. He never will reject us. And when you breathe your last breath, God offers you the peace of eternal life. You see, that's what peace that passes all understanding means. And God is offering that to you and I today. But here's the bottom line. The peace of God is really an exchange. It's when we bring all of our anxieties, all of our worries, all of our concerns, we bring them to God and we leave them there. And we don't pick them back up. It's called the great exchange. Our fears, our stress, our anxiety, our worries, all of these things that captivate and control our life, God is saying to us today, bring them to me, lay them down, and leave them there, because I am the Prince of Peace.
That familiar Christmas carol sets the scene of an unexpected holy night when Christ is born. A night that is so still that you can hear the angels' voices proclaiming a sky that was lit up by the star shining brightly, and in came Jesus. And we see Jesus breaking all these expectations all throughout scripture. No one expected the coming king to be born uh, to an average teenage unwed girl from a, from a nothing town called Nazareth. Uh, they certainly didn't expect him to be born uh, without dignity and placed in a manger, which is a, a feeding trough for animals. They expected him to be honored. They expected there to be pomp and circumstance, and, and they did not expect the shepherds or these self-proclaimed wise men to welcome him, while these religious leaders who knew all the prophecies by heart, they completely missed him. You see, he is Emmanuel, God with us, and Jesus, he was long expected, but the when and the how and the where and the why he came, they were all unforeseen, and this is like him now. Because the Prince of Peace enters into the unexpected. The Prince of Peace enters into the unexpected. You know, we don't typically choose our most desperate places, the places we need the most peace, the places of our fear and our sin as places to encounter and worship God. In fact, most of the time, those places are the ones we want to hide and, and we want to keep away from, from other people. We don't want people to know where we're hurting or where we're frustrated or the doubts that we have about God. But Jesus says, listen, it's in those places, in those unexpected places is where I I show up the best. In the places you need him the most is the place the Prince of Peace shows up the strongest. He is in the places of our, our sinful stumbling, our, our weaknesses, our, our questions, our parenting quandaries. He's in those moments. He's in all the unexpected places, the places we never think will find him. Today, um, I just had three really quick places in scripture that I saw as I studied where the Prince of Peace came in the unexpected. Um, first, I thought of the night that the disciples fed 5,000 people with some bread and a few fish, and they get into a boat, and they find themselves in rough waters, okay, and the wind was against them, probably much like uh, the wind that we've experienced these last few days, and the scripture says they're straining uh, with these oars, and it's not a peaceful day for fishing. They're cold, they're wet, they're tired. Their boat was probably in danger of capsizing, and in Mark 6, 48 through 52, it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, and he was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. And immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves, and their hearts were hardened. Okay, so that word hardened, it actually means unresponsive. Lacking sensitivity, lacking spiritual perception. And so basically what they're saying is these men were with Jesus. They were watching him do miracles before their very own eyes, but they were completely missing him. They were surrounded by the things that God was doing, but they weren't even noticing that God was protecting and providing and calming things around them. In fact, I wrote it this way. 
The disciples had witnessed expressions of God, but they hadn't turned their expressions into personal experiences. They had seen God, but they hadn't turned their expressions into personal experiences. Their hearts were hard. They weren't tender to the reality of Jesus. And I thought a lot about Christmas and how there could be some of us here today that you see an expression of God, even in this service. You, you see Christmas and you say, yeah, that's God's son. That, that's Jesus in a manger. I understand that in my mind. But you haven't turned it personally to who you are. See, this Christmas, are you close to Jesus but unaware of his presence? Are you close to Jesus? Are you even maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time and you're going through the motions and you're doing all the things that you usually do at Christmas, but are you aware of his presence? Have you stopped looking for him in the unexpected places and, and therefore you've missed him completely? Have your spiritual eyes maybe been partially hindered or your sensitivity to God's voice been crowded out by other things? This is what Jesus says when he realizes that those men uh, weren't expecting him to show up and, and then he shows up and, and their, their hearts are hardened, this is what he says to them. Don't be afraid. And in Hebrew, in this particular passage, it actually means don't resist me. And then Jesus, he climbs into the boat and he's saying that same thing to you and to me this Christmas. Jesus says, listen, don't be afraid, but, but maybe even more than that, don't resist me. I'm trying to show up in all the unexpected places. I'm near. I'm with you. I'm around. I'm going to enter into your traditions of Christmas if you let me. Let me be the Prince of Peace. Let me climb into your unexpected places. Don't resist me because you don't think that I'll come in that way or, or like that situation. All right, here's the second one. I want to look um, where the Prince of Peace shows up in a, in a familiar psalm of the Old Testament a man named David, um, he's writing this psalm. It's very personal. And um, this is very real talk from King David. You've probably heard it before, Psalm 23. It says this. In fact, read this first line with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I'll read the rest to you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What this is talking about is a moment when David is in a crisis. Now, uh, you might not know this, but we actually don't plan a crisis. If you planned a crisis, it wouldn't be a crisis. Okay, that, that's your Christmas bit of wisdom today. Uh, but so what happens is David, he finds himself in this valley that he didn't plan to be in. And the difficult times came unexpectedly. And in so many words, what David is saying really clearly here is that the Prince of Peace enters into the unexpected. Even though I walk through the valley, uh, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I'm in this valley. I didn't really want to be. I don't know how I got here, but you're with me. You're with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I read this recently. Uh, an author I was reading said, when we go through a valley, God is waiting for us to stop saying, what is the meaning of this? And start saying, what is the meaning in this? What is the meaning in this? 
I don't know about you, but I've never learned anything about trusting God from my easy days, only from my hard ones. And the scripture talks in this Psalm 23, there, there were some valleys in the Judean desert that were so deep, they were so dark, that sunlight never even hit the bottom. And this is the kind of valley David finds himself in emotionally, spiritually. He, he's actually um, describing it this way. And maybe today you would say, I identify with that. Maybe you're in that kind of valley right now, or maybe you know what it's like to be in a valley like that. And I want to just remind you, what does the shepherd do in the valley? The scripture shows us he's with us. He's with us. His rod and his staff comforts us. And it's probably no accident that Psalm 23 begins in a green pasture and ends in the house of God. But in the middle is a very dark valley of the shadow of death. But David is reminding us so clearly, we may not expect the shepherd to let us experience the valley. We, might, we may not feel like he's even there. We may think he's far from us, but we know that the shepherd is with us in the valley. And David is showing us the Prince of Peace enters into the unexpected. He has not left us. He has not left you. He will lead you through the valley. If that's where you find yourself today, even the darkest one. All right, here's the third one. We see this truth when Jesus entered the world and was born in a manger on Christmas Day. Now, I don't know if you know much about mangers, and, and it actually was a stone manger, not a wooden manger like we often see in our, in our nativity scenes. But Jesus came into the world in a desperate time during a desperate season, and it wasn't what the people thought it was happen. It wasn't the reasons they expected him to come. But he didn't come to meet the people's expectations. Are you thankful for that? Jesus didn't come to fulfill all of our hopes and dreams. He came to love us in ways that we most desperately need. And we didn't even know we needed it. And Jesus said, let me come and do for you what you don't even know you need, but I know that will bridge the gap between you and eternity forever. You know, Christmas, it isn't about tradition. It's about salvation. Christmas is about love, the deepest, rawest kind of love. When Jesus came, he did not come uh, to be served, but to serve. He gave his life as a ransom for many. And this was a love that no one expected and a love that exceeded all of our expectations. And this is the way he comes to you this Christmas, to love you in the ways you most need. I just wanna take a minute today, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, there is no better day to do it than today. There's no better season to do it than Christmas because that's the reason Jesus came to earth. In fact, if you're here today and, and you would want to ask Jesus to come into the unexpected place of your heart, you might say, I didn't come here for this, Nicole. And I said, all right, it's unexpected. But Jesus knew that you would be here today. And Jesus knew that right from your seat, you could say, God, I, I ask you to come into those unexpected places of my heart. The places I don't even wanna show you, the places that are broken and hard but I ask you to come into my heart. In fact, just right now, this is just a holy moment. Would everyone just bow their head all across the room today? And if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, I just, I don't wanna miss this moment on Christmas 
You can pray this with me right now. And I'm just gonna ask you, pray this in your heart, out loud, right from your seat, quietly to yourself. Just genuine is all, all, really all the requirement is. But just pray this with me. Jesus, come and be Lord of my life. I am sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for the things I do that separate me from you. Please forgive me. I wanna live with you in eternity forever. And I trust you with my life. I want you to be the center at Christmas and every day. I love you, amen, amen. Can you just thank God today for maybe those that prayed that prayer today? If you prayed that this afternoon, I want, before you leave today, before you you get out onto Peach Street and it's icy and crowded and all that stuff, so don't get too excited to get out there. Would you just um, go to one of our prayer tables to my right and to my left and just tell them, I prayed that prayer today. We just want to help you. We just want to give you some resources. We want to connect with you. We want to help you um, walk your journey out that God has for you. We want you to know that that was the best decision, the best gift that you could receive this Christmas, the best gift you could give to the people you love to make that decision to follow after him. You know, at the end of these next 48 or 72 hours, whatever you you guys do, and there's probably gonna be like two feet of snow, I think the weather said, but the presents will be open and the cookies will be eaten and your family's gonna leave town. And you know what, you're gonna be tired and all that you planned and prepared will be passed and, and the glitz and the glamor and the magic of Christmas will be over. But I want you to remember this, the Prince of Peace will be the same. And the manger that reminds us that God is in the most unexpected places, that will be the same. And the presence of God that I pray you felt today, that will be the same. Because Jesus was just getting started when he came to earth as a baby to save us from our sins. He's come in the most desperate places and he will exceed all of our expectations. In just a moment, we're gonna sing this final song, it's Joy to the World. And as I was uh, thinking about joy to the world, I I remembered that the Greek word for joy is actually very similar from the Greek word for grace. Peace and joy, they all come from the same well and it's this well of grace, this deep, deep well uh, that Jesus desires to overwhelm his children with. And so this Christmas, my prayer is that Jesus will show up in your most unexpected places and bring you joy and bring you peace. So would you stand? Let me pray this prayer over you and then we're gonna sing joy to the world as we go. Romans 5.13, it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's sing joy to the world. Just sing and living in nature, sing and.
For listening to the Eerie First podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Eerie First on Facebook or Instagram or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.